to Season 1, Episode 6 of the podcast where Jared Dubin, myself, and Jordan White talk to interesting people about things they're interested in that are not their day jobs. On this episode recorded in November 2017, we talked to journalist Josh Rivera about representation in gaming as well as representation in gaming writing and controversies over representation in gaming and gaming writing. Jordan, this was something that I learned a whole lot about throughout the course of this podcast because, as you'll discover while you listen to it, I am not huge on games that are not like Madden. So it's not something that was necessarily within the consciousness of my knowledge about gaming. And uh, you're, you're someone that's you know much closer to the issues that we discuss, and, and you know Josh pretty well as well. How did you feel about the conversation that we had with him? This is this might be my favorite episode or one of um, just because the conversation was uh, just you know so expansive, but also like I mean I'm right there with you. I learned a lot. Like I think there was you and I both went into this probably being the most unfamiliar. I think um, I mean even though like I play video games, I wouldn't consider myself like a hardcore gamer, like super into that culture. But um, you know, I just, I, it, it was, you know, it kind of follows on the heels of our, of the stuff we talked about with uh, Brian Ying. I mean, um, you know, the, the barriers of breaking into uh, video games, why video games always just are, I mean, leading up to, you know, the past few years have been like just mostly white characters. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought this was really great. And uh, I kind of want to say, I actually really appreciate Josh uh, at the end of this podcast said, you know, kind of called me out and said, you've been saying POCs instead of saying people of color. And like, one, I apologize for that. But also, I like really appreciate someone you know, telling me, hey, don't say that. Here's what you should say instead. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, we recorded this episode and the episode with Brian on back-to-back days. So, And it's something I believe I brought up within the podcast itself. You know, the contrast between, you know, representation in film and TV and representation in, in gaming and, you know, how the reaction to those things in the popular culture comes about and i thought that that was an interesting thing to do as well yeah yep totally agree let's uh let's get to it yeah this is season one episode six of that's not my job talking to josh rivera about gaming and representation of in it all right jared we've got uh josh rivera uh with us today josh how you doing hey how's it going i'm great thanks all right good thanks so much for uh joining us today yeah, that's a pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it's interesting. We uh, recently recorded uh, a, an episode with Brian Yang, and one of the things that we talked about was uh, representation uh, issues in Hollywood. And today I really want to talk uh, with you uh, about representation in video games because I know you've written a little bit about it, um, but I think it's an issue that really doesn't come up when you talk about representation. It's not the first thing on people's minds. People, you know, talk about like white saviors and movies and everything like that, but it feels like it's not so much covered um, on, on such a grand scale in video games. And so I guess I want to start asking you like, why, why do you think that is? Why is there no like uh, hashtag Mario so white? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's it's weird. I mean, so it, you talk about you know video games, right? And and that's actually a, a much bigger you know area than than you most people would think, right? So when you say video games, um, the default is like the big uh, big budget sort of like marquee blockbusters, right? Like Call of Duty and and you know like you said Mario and all that and whatnot. 
but uh there's there's a lot more to it than that you know in the past like 10 years it's become really you know uh affordable and feasible for for small groups of people just to make video games and independent games and um and the representation is very much on the forefront of their minds um and it's even starting to bleed into like the big budget games i think part of it is is just that they're um it's it's hard to see people in these big products um uh it, and and there's not a whole lot of uh i don't know like i don't want to say humanity but it's it's harder to to see that from afar right and uh and call it out in specific in specificity does that make sense yeah yeah definitely i think that makes sense and you know one thing i'm wondering about is you know Jordan brought up the conversation that we had with Brian Yang. We talked a lot about you know diversity issues in film and you know the whitewashing scandals and connection with you know mostly Asian roles. And I am curious how you think you know Jordan mentioned that representation as gaming and not in gaming is not necessarily brought up when you have the conversation about representation in general. But I'm curious how you think that the issue in gaming differs or is the same from the from the issue in other industries. Uh, I mean, it's the same in that there aren't enough uh, women and people of color, you know, and and not just making games, but in positions of power, because that's really where you start to feel the the effects of this. Um, there's there's definitely a lack of that. That's very similar to the lack of representation in other media. Um, but also, I mean, video games are a much younger medium, right? Um, they're, 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 it's been fascinating to watch them learn the same lessons that um, people in other forms have learned over decades in the space of far less time, right? Um, I, I actually really, really um, am frequently sort of impressed by the, the sort of strides that, that games make, even though they, they, they are sometimes, and most of the times, like, you know, not, not very thoughtful or um, kind of insubstantial. Uh, but you have things like where it's just like the people who make Call of Duty, they, they, they hear you when, you, when people say, uh, you know, why, can't, why aren't there any women in, like, multiplayer modes, you know, if we're going to have, you know, this game where you can create a character and run around and shoot other people, you know, like, I, like I want characters that look like me when I play this game, right? Mm. Um, and now you can do that. It's, it's not really a big deal. Um, you know, of course, people will make it a big deal, but, uh, like, <laughs> it's... And I'm sure we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, yeah, um, it's... it's it's weird because like the, the, the way video games work as an industry is, is wildly different from everything else. But at the same time, the, the problem that you're talking about is a sort of like endemic one to how we sort of uh, um, structure things, right? How do you mean? Uh, um, well, it's, um, I mean, it just comes down to power and money, right? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think I get it. It's... The people at the top of industries are the people at the top of industries, and they look the same almost no matter what the industry is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, you know, uh, a lot of the problem, too, is that no one really knows um, how video games are made. I mean, we're getting more and more information about that out there now. There are, you know, more books and, and um, 
you know, as as the games industry has matured, so has uh, games journalism, right? Um, and people are starting to report on these things. But games came out of, of tech culture, right? A paranoid sort of tech culture um, that was very, very uh, um, concerned with the theft of ideas um, and, you know, sort of um, had this sort of, like, infrastructure bonded onto it where they become tightly managed uh projects right there's so many ndas there's so many um things that are regarded as big secrets that that aren't really that don't really need to be or they feel that they have to be quiet about things because um just gamer culture has become so toxic and hostile um that you know no one feels safe talking about what's going on behind the scenes because games are huge projects and they change a lot and uh sometimes fans most times fans aren't very uh, understanding of that. I wanted to follow up on this on the production part because you know, like you're saying, it's so much different from how a movie or a show is made. Not just in so far as like the act of making it, but like when a casting announcement is made in a movie, like people make du- direct reactions to that. But it's different in video games. Like they don't announce however many years before or how many years before the game comes out, like who they're casting as this or how they're making this character. So I'm wondering if you think that also plays um, kind of a role and like, there's not as it's not as easy to react and to make your voice heard about like that sort of production. Yeah. I mean, this is all, you know, very, what do you call it? Um, hmm, Like public facing stuff. And the, the, the thing about video games is that all that sort of public facing stuff, things you know like if there are people in the game because not a lot of not every game needs people in it right um or or uh <laughs> you know like characters or even stories right you know one of the greatest games ever made is tetris and like there is no uh, <laughs> no there's, story. No, there's no story uh, there. i feel like there aren't enough blue blocks in tetris <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a big problem so you know like it's what do you call it um a lot of this public facing stuff, right? If it's in the game, doesn't come out till later. It doesn't come together till later because there's all these uh, other problems that video games have to solve. Like, how are they going to work, right? You have to, when you make a video game, you have to sort of, it's that Carl Sagan thing, you know, before you can make an apple pie, you have to make the universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you literally have to do that in games. You have to you have to code the rules for which your universe works. How strong is gravity? Right. Uh, what's the day night cycle? Is there a day night cycle? Will there be weather? Um, you're making a movie and also inventing a camera that's made just for that movie, right? Um, so it's 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 incredibly complex and like the sort of questions right that that are being asked and that would be I don't know asked better or differently by, you know, people of different, um, different backgrounds are, are entirely different from the questions that would be made, you know, in the film industry or anything like that. It, I mean, some of it would be more akin to like Silicon Valley, right? Um, and how, how white that is. And you see people just making things because they can and not thinking about the ethical implications of say, like the sharing economy, right? They just built this tool and they didn't think about what that tool meant. Um, and that's something that you can, sort of that's a little bit more applicable to games than straight up just like casting right yeah yeah it, it feels like like you you've mentioned like there are parts where it's gotten better like um but it's, it's also like there's progress is still so far away or at least like not progress but a, 
a place where people are happy. Like I'm reminded of um, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Like people are like, oh hey, like this is new representation. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but at the same time, there's still issues of appropriation and like creators not quite listening. And so like, I guess like specifically to Horizon Zero Dawn, like they said that they did a lot of research into like native tribes and whatnot, but you know, I don't think they have like a, a native writer in the room or anything like that. And so like in games, is it enough just to have that much research? Um, yeah. So <laughs> the funny thing about, about games, right. Is that, you know, because people are going to be playing them, right. You, they, they, they want things to be cool, right. They want, you know, like, um, you want things that look and feel cool and interesting to do. Um, so it all stems backwards from, from function. Um, and you know, then you layer on fiction and story and inspiration, right. Um, it's, it's a sort of like backwards way of building a narrative. Um, and because of that, you know, you have people that were like, okay, let's be thoughtful about the fiction that we're going to layer on to this game where you just, you explore and, and, and hunt things. Right. Um, and because of, of that, you're sort of just married to, uh, to these gameplay ideas. And, um, you want, like, even if you want to do the fiction, uh, responsibly, it's very easy to trip up because you're thinking about so many other things. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like, it would have definitely been improved if they had, you know, more native people in the room. Um, like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad representation or appropriate appropriation of video games just comes from people who are like, well-meaning, right? Like there's a game called, uh, Hellblade, um, that's about like, uh, mental illness and, uh, it's, it, it tries very hard, but like, of course, there's going to be um, you, you're dealing with sensitive things that real people deal with. And like, you're still just trying to make a video game. Um, and sometimes those things are in conflict with one another, right? The desire to make a video game and the desire to depict something respectfully. Yeah. I, and so that's an interesting point. Cause again, we talked about this with Brian, where a lot of this isn't done out of people being malicious necessarily. It's that they want to make this thing, but they're like, they're not either super thoughtful about it or they don't go far enough insofar as like how they get how they get that representation in there like they think it's like just research is enough instead of having well how about we get people who actually know about this or are in this culture to write this or design this or whatnot yeah, yeah and and again like uh narrative is not is almost never something that people start with in video games um mm. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, in, in these, in these big budget games, you know, maybe they have like a sort of loose idea of a story, right? They come up with, um, when you hear developers talk, they talk about pillars, um, and pillars are sort of just like these guiding principles, right? Like, uh, exploration could be one, right? Um, if you're making, uh, like say a Star Wars game, right? Like exciting space combat would be another one, right? And these are sort of like the ideas that everything starts to form around. Um, and like narrative is sort of like i don't know um trying to think of a good metaphor here but uh it it's it's not where you start right like with a with a movie where it starts with a script um it it it's it's a part it's a it's another sort of uh the icing rather than the cake i mean not even the icing because it, it's 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 uh, yeah i don't know i mean it's 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 just uh another sort of like 
piece of the puzzle, right? Like everyone's working on their own separate puzzles and then they're all supposed to come together to make one giant thing. And so it's one part of the sandwich. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a four meat sandwich and it's one of the meats. It's like in between two other meats. <laughs> I mean, how much do you think the fact that, you know, a lot of this stuff is fiction that is being layered on top of, as you mentioned, like so many layers of code that are dictating the rules of games and the story of games. And then like maybe the last thing they're thinking of is like what the character looks like. Yeah. I mean, like that's also just, you know, I mean, again, we're talking about strictly big budget games, right? Um, These are the sort of things that are historically just, you know, focus tested to like death, right? Um, Games are so expensive that they don't want to alienate anybody. Um, that big publishers don't want to alienate every anybody, everybody, uh, anybody, um, because they cost you know hundreds, millions of dollars, and you don't want to turn away any of those uh, a potential sale. <laughs> um, so, like, there's this tendency to video games to be like super bland uh, or, or or extremely safe, um, and a lot of times it's just sort of like, well, uh, what's what's the what does our research say is is a, is a protagonist people would be excited about you know or that people would be um, interested in or find least offensive unless of course you know you have a game where uh, it just turns out that you know being confrontational is 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 what you're going to do like uh, Wolfenstein you know um, so yeah I mean it's 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 super complicated um, and like not really analogous to a lot of things but. That's that's the way it is, and that's what makes it so hard to, to talk about. You mentioned there, um, you know, a lot of these bigger games are like focus tested to death. I mean, what is that focus testing like? Like, how does that differ from focus testing for a movie or a TV show? Is it the same kind of process? Like, are they showing people beta versions of games and saying, you know, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? Is it some sort of you know specific focus tested stuff? How does that work? Uh, I mean, like, that's a, what do you call it? Um, so, I mean, it's different based on what you're, you're, what you're looking for, right? You'll talk to um, game developers, and a lot of times they're just talking about making sure everything works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, look at, like, <laughs> the, uh, the pressing thing about, you know, modern technology is that they, it tracks everything, and that's sort of like a, like a, a boon to game developers because they know exactly... Um, everything that people are engaging with, and they can they can tweak it and and go for the exact sort of like stickiness that they want. Um, I can't speak so much about, um, I guess, branding, uh, like focus testing for like branding or like narrative or anything like that, because I haven't really um, been privy to any conversations about that or spoken to many people about it. Um, but like there there are things. You know, there are reports on, like, just market research and how aggressive it's been in the past about from everything from, like, game titles to box art, right? Um, And that leads to a lot of, you know, sort of uh, just very generic ways of selling very different games, right? There was a whole thing in the, uh, I want to say, early 2010s, I think. That's when uh, Bioshock Infinite came out, Um, where, like, white dude, chin down, gun up, fire was was, uh, on, like, every box cover um (laughs) and uh and so yeah it's things like that have you seen indie developers influencing the or indie developers or publishers influencing the bigger types uh i think so 
right? Um, I don't know. I think it, it, it comes down to just sort of like um, the, the conversation, right? Um, that people are getting excited about indie titles that, you know, feature people of color, indie titles that are about, um, you know, specific lived experiences, right? Um, that seeing that excitement about that and seeing games that tackle these things be successful, um, you know, it's the sort of thing that you, you hope trickles up or influences them. Um, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel terribly optimistic about big budget gaming. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually don't think, uh, I don't think it's, it's the, it's really the future or, or like the sort of, you know, uh, and, and goal or what people who want more representation should necessarily push for because it's not terribly sustainable. It's, it's awful to the people who, who work in it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just extremely, it's, it's an extremely, uh, lopsided industry and, and it sucks. Well, it's, yeah, I think that that's also a good point because, you know, there've been articles about how even like, like big, like big publisher, uh, single player games, like big narrative driven games are going by the wayside because they cost so much and because, you know, they don't make as much from them as they do these other games. And so, so it feels like, you know, if you're expecting to see representation in those stories, which you should expect to see, like in a just world, I guess, like you're going to see even less, you're going to see even less of it, I fear, because those big single player games are becoming rarer. Uh, I mean, like, yes and no. Um, like, again, you know, these, these sort of like smaller independent studios are also, uh, starting to grow in prominence, right? So there's lots of good single-player games, but they're, they're you're going to see less of them from like EA or Activision, probably, right? Um, yeah, that's what I meant. But uh, also, like Japan is still out there, man, and and like Japan is <laughs> cranking out single-player games left and right, like interesting, fascinating single-player games, like Near Automata. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, it's a big part of, uh, like I said before a big part of 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 this this struggle and, and and asking and demanding for more is is the sort of opacity of the video game industry um and the sort of like diffuse nature uh, of everything like hundreds of people have made these big um uh these big games and maybe like five of them can actually talk to the public right uh, yeah so uh it's it's weird there's like a there's there's a huge structure and those structures have priorities and those priorities are dictated by uh, a very narrow, you know, group of people. It's usually, you know, um, you know, white dudes. <laughs> Speaking of, um, so <laughs> yes, what of the white man? <laughs> yeah, we've uh, <laughs> you know we've we've talked mostly so far about like the actual games and you know representation within them. There's obviously like this whole other part of the industry where it's you know the culture around games and, and gamers and gaming and every, and all of that comes with it. And, you know, we could talk about Gamergate on a whole other podcast, mm-hmm. but you know, that was obviously a driving force within the, you know, that contract, which I, it's not even really was like, is something that hasn't gone away. Um, I'm curious if the culture surrounding the games like amplifies the problem or is, sort of a separate thing that exists alongside it uh are you talking about the the are you asking if the representation 
like the issue of representation among the people making games amplifies or yeah i mean is i guess it's sort of like a two part like does the issue of representation among the people making games and playing games amplify the issue within the games themselves and then does the culture around gaming where there's you know a lot of toxicity going on like we saw in gamergate is that something like that runs alongside of the issues of representation within the games or that like was it coincidentally driven by that or is it feeding into it at the same time i don't know uh i mean that's that's a uh like a like a messy question right um it's i guess we have to just talk about like why why are we why are we talking about you know just representation in general like what do we what do we what do we mean by that right what 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 you really want is just more people in the room, different kinds of people in the room, right? Um, and, and then I guess there are people that just don't want that, yeah, and like get super angry about having that, yeah. Even if there are still people that look like them, exactly. Um, and it's it's just sort of like representation in the games themselves is almost immaterial. Um, like it doesn't really necessarily matter all that much um, when everyone making it is white, right? Um, because that just feels exploitative, right? Like it, it just feels uh, like you're trying to cash in on a wave, um, and it, you also leave yourself open for like uh, for getting it wrong. Um, like, but if you have if you push for representation, you know, for people making things, um, and this goes for anything, right? Um, then your stuff naturally will be more diverse. Your stuff naturally will be more interesting because you'll have different ideas from different. Uh, from coming from people from different backgrounds, uh, influencing it, different priorities, um, different experiences, um, and all that stuff will just come as a matter of course. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I mean, it, that's I guess circling back to that first question. That's probably another reason why, like, representation in games doesn't have um, as much of a, a like visible, highly publicized push, right? Because you're dealing with like digital people right and and like you sort of have to suss out you know okay are the people who made decisions about this the people who made this like where are they at are they are they coming at this from a good place a smart place or uh, am i just gonna freaking like facepalm here you know like <laughs> what how, how much does the like the media around the industry have to do with it. Like there's obviously a huge media apparatus covering, you know, the games themselves and the industry surrounding them. I would imagine just like there are in other uh, areas of the media, there are representation issues there as well. I mean, that's, that has to feed into the problem even more because if nobody notices the problem and says something about it, then there's not going to be anything that is done about it. Yeah. I don't know. I like, uh, the the short version, the short answer to that question is like yes, right? Um, the, we have we have people in, in the media who are starting to who are engaging with games in this way and and talking about you know representation um, and specifically blackness, right? There's been a lot of great you know uh, criticism about representations of blackness in games um, from people like you know Gita Jackson and and uh, Evan Narciss for games like Watch Dogs Two and um, uh, the Assassin's Creed spinoff, like Freedom's Cry and Liberations, and so like there are people. There's a there's there's a there's a discourse there, and that's important, right? But like I'm also like curious as to to, to like what. Hmm, um, I'm a little unmoored because I guess I just want to know what your your sort of like um, 
stance on representation not stance but like sort of like what why why are you interested in exploring it right like what's what's your um like what do you what do you what are you hoping to to, to find out here Should to both of us oh yeah uh, yeah i mean i think it's an issue to me it's an issue in every industry and getting to not necessarily the core of why because i think we know the core of why and it's because you know as we mentioned at the beginning um you need to have the not not the right people in the room, but you need to have other kinds of people in the room so that you can not only have other kinds of people on the screen, whether it's a TV screen or a movie screen or a video game screen, but also represent those people in the way that they actually are and not just the way that they look. So I, th- I think that that is you know sort of well settled, but the the I think particularly in gaming, the resistance to it from the culture is something that I wanted to get into. And that's why I sort of moved the conversation over to, you know, the, the gamer gate of it all, because, you know, you see in, in I think in, in movies and TV shows, there's, you know, calls for diversity and there are people that resist that to a certain extent, but I think it's been louder or at least more controversial because of that particular, um, you know, it, it developed a whole name, the, res- the resistance to representation uh, and progressivism in gaming. So it's it's something that I think has been bubbled up more. So I, to me, like the, this conversation for me, I wanted to get into that end of it, like the resistance to it. Gotcha. And I think you have to come into that from talking about, you know, why it happens, how it's similar and different from movies, and then move into like, what is it about? Why do these people resist it in this area in particular? Mm, okay, yeah. And then uh, for me, it's more like video games. Obviously, are are a unique medium. They're you know movies, TV, books, comics, whatever. It is a it is a passive experience, and the stories that you there are stories that you watch and that you experience, but you have no real interaction with them. Whereas games are a unique chance to live like not realize but not real lives but live simulations of other lives whether it's fantastical whether it's real and i think it's you know to me where like most of those heroes or heroines or protagonists whatever are white and you are living a predominantly like white experience um and so, like you know, as this like sea change kind of occurs within movies and TV and whatnot, it seems to be less so uh, in games. Um, I mean, I know there is still progress, but it still seems to be kind of slow. And so, for me, as a white dude, like mm-hmm. I know that I'm definitely ignorant about a lot of this stuff, and the stuff that I think is uh, is like new is, or you know, POCs would probably say like yeah, we've been talking about this shit for years and you guys are only just now paying attention. So I think for me, it's more, it's like wanting to pay more attention and wanting to delve deeper into the, why is this like this type stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like, uh, I can, I can, my, my answer kind of comes at both of those things. Right. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the reasons why there's sort of like this reluctance, right. With games or not reluctance, but just this weird sort of, uh, um, when you compare it to like Hollywood, right? Um, even though Hollywood is in reality often extremely, almost always extremely conservative, right? They, Hollywood likes to be seen as progressive, right? Um, and 
like there there is you know like liberal values have a strong foothold in hollywood um you know even though the sort of like power structure is extremely um conservative right um in games however like you have the sort of you're you're, you're sort of contending with an offshoot of tech culture growing into something more right so uh you've had um you know, the games have a history, and computer technology has a history, right, of, of, of sort of writing uh, women out of it, specifically, right? Um, that it was, it, was a, it was a marketing decision to, to sell computers to men um, in the 80s, and, uh, you know, branded as something masculine. Um, and uh, what do you call it? There were, you know, successive things that happened after that, right? Like games... Um, were were made by this very narrow audience, people who could afford computers, which were extremely expensive, right? Um, people who had the time and 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 leisure to to pursue programming, um, and then the people who could afford to buy computers and also games. That's the which are also an expensive thing to do, right? Um, so you have all these factors, right? Like that build a sort of like white and male like culture, and it's sort of just like I don't know grew in a secluded sort of bubble, right? And then a big thing that happens in games now is uh, is uh, video game marketing is all about how important you are, right? Even though the irony in that is that games being interactive, you could uh, experience things through other people's eyes. Um, in reality, it just translates to your digital avatar and how important that character is, right? That you matter and look at all the cool things that you can do Right. Um, so you then you have just a, everything's just ripe for this very fertile, you know, reactionary, angry ground. Right. Where like uh, to the majority, equality looks like oppression um, because it seems like things are being taken away. Um, I matter less because this other person has to be acknowledged. Um, so it's just like a whole mess of like uh, kind of gross things just converging um, to, to make games uh uniquely bad at this discussion does that make sense yeah yeah and so i you, you've kind of answered this but um another podcast we uh we had on uh chris herring and uh so he's a he's a teacher and a and a journalist and he and he was saying that you know one of the biggest detriments to pocs and journalism are breaking into the field is you know they can't like a lot of those like it's a white privilege to be able to take a unpaid internship or to write for free nice. for one, two, three years or whatever, or to work for substandard wages because you're being supported by your family. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that same barrier exists in, in the gaming industry, whether it's programming or being in the writer's room, like a, like someone who writes games or, even even in design, is that access barrier there as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of it just comes down to technology, right? The technology and time, um, yeah. right? Like uh, I don't know if you saw, um, Jason Schreier has a book out uh, called Blood Sweat and Pixels, and it dives into development um, in extreme detail. It's great. Um, That's but, a great title. <laughs> uh, the uh, but one of the games he, he talks about is Stardew Valley, which was made by one guy in his basement over the course of six years. Um, and, like, 
It's it's I don't know if you guys have ever seen Harvest Moon. You know Stardew Valley at all? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's like like Harvest Moon. It's it's a it's a simple like Super Nintendo style game for computers. Uh, but it took him six years to do of like twelve hour days straight, right? Um, and uh, you know he talks about the sort of like uh, privilege this guy had. Eric Burns his name, where you know his parents were supportive. Uh, he and his girlfriend and and uh, maybe eventually wife I think was willing to to you know uh, pay for his you know help pay for their expenses. Um, you know, eventually he had a small part-time job, but also like she was carrying the bulk of these expenses. They were living in his parents' basement, um, for this project. Cause they, you know, they believed in him and stuff, but like, if that's what it takes to make a video game by yourself, then only people who have those sort of like that support structure is going, are going to be able to make a video game. Right. right. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a logistical impossibility for a lot of people right and even now with these video games that are doing you know telling great stories about you know uh you know queerness and and um what do you call it like labor and labor inequality and and all these other topics right there's still people who you know will talk about you know growing up in the pacific northwest and you know hanging out in the basement with the computer their parents got them right um so yeah like there, there's definitely a sort of income uh, barrier that just bars whole segments of the population from making uh, from making games. And then I'm wondering, this is kind of going back to Gamergate issues, but um, I was talking with my girlfriend, and I was telling her the topic of this conversation. She's like, "Oh, are you going to talk about like the hypersexualized versions of women that like are just like rampant throughout games?" Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, definitely a thing. Like, I mean, I specifically recall was like, um, what was the fighting game that was also a volleyball game? Oh, that's was Dead or Alive. Or... Yeah. 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 Dead or Alive Volleyball. And like, I'm wondering if you've seen like a change and, I know, like, or and slash a resistant to that change over the years as, you know, there's, there has been that increased uh, cry for like not only representation, but sensitivity and inclusivity uh as far as like the the sexualization of women and yeah it's like like to, like toning down toning it down or like yeah yeah mostly toning it down uh this is a problem that does not exist in madden which is like the games that i play <laughs> <laughs> oh man but those those tights on those those players man it's a problem listen you know i i play madden i play with the cowboys they definitely don't show like defensive tackles asses enough because that happens all the time in real football (laughs) and they don't show (laughs) oh man god games are so fucked Uh, (laughs) uh yeah i mean like so it's definitely a thing that um what do you call it you know as women uh you know, take prominent um, roles in journal- journalism and, and also in games, right? There are, there are you know, um, a lot of women working in game development and they're starting to, to you know, speak up more and, you know, have um, and about these things, right? Um, but again, I don't, I don't really know, uh, I haven't actually spoken to anybody, right, about the sort of, this, this conversation in particular, right? Um, so I feel weird talking about it in this way, I do. I can say that the perception is still probably like it's getting better. Uh, you know, you have 
you know, Lara Croft is not a pinup anymore, which was a, like a really weird, embarrassing thing. Um, you have executives um, who are, you know, like that realize that like making that sort of move is is a bad one. Um, and uh, you have, you know, studios that want to make games about like powerful women that aren't sexualized like Horizon Zero Dawn. This is one thing that Horizon does extremely well. Um, you know, like it's it it, it shows uh, a capable woman, um, a strong, capable woman who's who's uh, uh, who intimidates some men, um, and uh, and isn't uh, doesn't get bullied around by them, right? Who rebuffs them and you know uh, isn't afraid to to assert her agency. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's been better. I would be interested to sort of like revisit the sort of perception of big budget games, right? Because like, even though the shift has changed, um, I like, like you said, your girlfriend, this is something that, uh, came up in, in conversation with your girlfriend, right? I'm, I, I would imagine that the perception is still there, that this is a thing that happens all the time, even though it's gotten much, much better at it. Right. Um, it's not necessarily a thing anymore. Yes. Yeah. Do you think that, um, the decision to market specifically towards men, um, like you said, in the early age where, like in the early age of computing and early age of video games, played a direct result in that hypersexualization. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Right, uh, yeah. like this is like um, <laughs> the uh, what do you call it? One, the ad campaigns for Tomb Raider, or Tomb Raider Two, right? Uh, where all these commercials set in places where like dudes would go or dudes were supposed to be hang out with to be like bros. Like there's a scene in this commercial set in a strip club where like there's a stripper just bored chewing bubble gum because there are no men there. They're busy playing Tomb Raider. Right. Um, Jesus. Yeah, no, it's awful. Um, and, uh, and like it was played directly. I think Tomb Raider two in the game ends this way. I'm pretty sure it's the, yeah, it is the second one where the game ends with like, you know, Lara Croft, you know, about to get into the shower and like, it doesn't show you anything, but she says, haven't you seen enough? And then just shoots the camera with a shotgun. I mean, this, it's no secret that this is 100%, you know, like four guys. Um, and you had things like uh, the guy game, which I think Jimmy Kimmel was involved in, right? Like that was 2000, early 2000s, not that long ago. Um, if you read like old IGN articles, if you read old copies of like, uh, you know, like a EGM or a computer gaming world or things like that. It's it's extremely clear that this was just a uh, like a, a boys' club. Occasionally, there was a woman around, right? Um, but like sometimes, those women got knocked knocked too. Like they got made fun of, um, or or their uh, their femininity was a punchline. Um, it it's 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 blindingly obvious, right? That like games were considered a thing for men for a very long time. Yeah, and look, this is obviously, uh, I feel like, a stupid thing to bring up, but there is a whole movie that sort of obliquely deals with that uh, Grandma's Boy, where it's like, you know, the the dude sitting around making video games, and then, like, the one woman character is, um, what's her name? Lindsay Weir from Freaks and Geeks. Why am I drawing a blank on her oh, name? Oh, Linda Cardellini? Linda Cardellini, yeah. And, like, she's, like, a very sexualized woman character and they comment on it all the time. I feel like it was sort of done on purpose and sort of like they didn't realize what they were doing. Cause it's like, they do make the comment on how that is what, you know, what happens when a woman walks into the room, but it's like, even in a movie about it, 
that is an issue there. So it's like you know that it was that like when when Jordan was asking that question, you know, you answered it very quickly, and I was like, yes, in my head because like, that's, <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah, I've not seen Grandma's I, Boy, so I have, I have no idea. It's Grandma's Boy. That's like unintentional satire. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, I was, oh, I just said, well, it's Grandma's Boy, so I feel like that's unintentional satire on their part. Oh, I've not, I've not seen that movie, but I don't, I, I didn't expect it to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's definitely not smart. But it did seem like you know they bring in you know the the one female. Uh, you know, person that works there, and like it's intentional that like you know she's Linda Cardellini, she's beautiful, and they are all commenting on how beautiful she is and how it's weird to have a woman in the office. Like that does seem like you know sort of a comment on it, although maybe like they were just doing that because it's like uh, you know that Adam Sandler's company and that's what they do. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's also that's that's also been like the the meme, right? The lazy the lazy joke about people who play video games is that you know they're basement dwelling, cre- dwelling creeps who don't know how to talk to women or you know regard them as anything other than like a pair of tits or anything you know what i mean like it's um and that's also i don't know uh like we're talking about all this um but it's very much like a construction of marketing all right like because there there are women who played video games for for all this time right there are women who were fascinated by by video games and have grown up with video games and are our contemporaries right um like you know they just weren't you know like maybe they like uh, um sorry excuse me <laughs> no worries i'm just very frustrated <laughs> like uh like you know even though uh what do you call it um Tomb Raider was marketed to men, right? There, there are still women who play Tomb Raider, right? Like, even though uh, the the stereotype is, like, basement-dwelling creep who doesn't, you know, like, know what to do around a girl, um, there were girls who played video games, right? They were playing, you know, like, uh, JRPGs, Final Fantasies. They were playing, you know, action games like Tomb Raider. They were playing um, everything, right? Um, but uh, I guess gamer spaces were so aggressively masculine that like who's going to want to speak up if they're not like a the a dude bro you know like who wants to to nobody wants to freaking stick out or or or, or see themselves um or paint themselves as that's different right like you're gonna it's 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 you just feel weird you don't want to like we didn't give a platform for these people to talk and it didn't show up until the, the internet it's like the one good thing the internet did <laughs> um, no, but do you see that platform I guess this is a dumb question because of Gamergate and it's still going on but like there are now those like two dueling platforms right like there's the Gamergaters who are saying like no keep everything the way it is like this is well and more than that but but then there's also like the platform that's saying like hey it's, it's time for change um, it's time for things to be better do you see one or the other ever winning out or is it just going to be this incessant back and forth to no end? Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, like (laughs) the, like I know, I know it's, it's, it's an easy shorthand, but like, it's not necessarily like Gamergate per se. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you, like Gamergate is an actual accurate word to use. Um, yeah, for for a lot of things that was a very specific movement you know like 
spurned on by the sort of uh, the specific harassment of one person. And um, like it's sort of mimetic ethos has been carried on in like various different groups of trolls. But like a lot of this is just, you know, like young guys who don't understand how to give a shit about other people. Right. Like they're hmm. <laughs> uh, or, or why they should. Right. Or, or that they haven't been or, or, you know what I mean? Like, and that there has been an infrastructure, right. That has risen up and been constructed to cultivate and, and shield that ignorance. Right. Um, there is a support structure for that says it's okay for you to remain ignorant that everyone else is wrong that, you know, like, uh, we're here for you on these subreddits, you know, and in, in, uh, in these online forums and whatnot, right? Like the, just sticking it to the, to the SJWs, you know? Um, and then there's, you know, everyone else, right? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't know, just like, it, just like in real life, right? There are, there are, there are people who have abhorrent views and there are people who, um, don't, aren't necessarily interested in what anyone else has to say, right? Uh, but we as a community and as a culture have to decide where do we allow um, the people who hold these abhorrent views to express themselves, right? And how do we allow them to express themselves, right? Because we have shared values as a, as a country and as a, as a culture. Um, but like sometimes behavior impinges, um, what do you call it? Is, 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 yeah, it, it really starts to, to, um, impede. That's what I was looking for on the, on the rights of others. Right. So it's, no one's going to win, right? Like I, I, right. if if you're in this to win, then you're a, a freaking, you're probably a troll, right? Like I, like I do want to see these people snuffed out. Right. Um, but I'm not like there's there's a realism, man, I'm expressing this very, very wrongly, but <laughs> there are always going to be shitty people that hold shitty opinions. Yeah. Right. So like, I wouldn't, uh, like, I wouldn't frame it as winning. Right. But I would want, I would hope that we as, um, a community and a culture, right. Uh, just come to a realization of what's acceptable in a public space, right. Where the, the, the safety and freedom of expression of, of everyone is, is what's valued over the sort of just like angry, uh, reactionary id of, of a certain group. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Move the window of conversation from, or of the way the bit, the business views things from, you know, we have to hold on to these customers mm-hmm. that are angry about, there aren't as many people that look like them anymore. Yeah. Or there are people that look like there's so many more games. So it's like, it's not even like there aren't as many people that look like them. It's just that there are more people that look like somebody else and move it from caring about them to caring about the all new people that you can get involved because there are more people that look like them now. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. And that's the conversation you see unfolding everywhere right now. Right. Like where, mm-hmm. you know, like Papa John's is like, yeah, the, the, the Papa John was like, Oh, the freaking those people kneeling, you know, like I wish they didn't do that. And then all of a sudden Papa John's is like the official pizza of neo-Nazis. And then they have to be like, Oh no, <laughs> Uh, we don't want that. Um, it's it, and and like with Keurig and all these other, you know, like it's it's funny watching corporations, right? Like try and figure out what they want to be associated with because they're just terrified of losing money, um, and that's where 
where, where games are at, right? <laughs> it's, it's really cynical, but like big budget video games are trying to decide how profitable um, it is to say, fuck neo-Nazis, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, like Hollywood has also responded somewhat similarly, uh, but in a different fashion. So like all of a sudden they know that like, you know, with the success of like get out and girls trip, all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit. Like people like, Oh, there are so many more audiences that we haven't reached. And like, Oh, who knew that? Like POCs actually like going to movies too. And so now they're like, it's, they're making like a drastic change to try and get more of that, which is great and probably the way that they should respond. But I guess it's also, I don't know how drastic it is. (laughs) No, not drastic. I wouldn't, but yeah, yeah, it's wrong to say it's drastic, but like there is at least an attempt, like an attempt and it's, driven more by money than like in a uh i think uh a desire to do right but still it's like it's like it's good but at the same time it's also kind of maddening because it's like what what took y'all so long to realize this and also their realization has been we can get the black market instead of we can tell interesting stories about black people oh totally oh that's absolutely that's what i'm saying like it's definitely driven by money yeah but i mean like and this is sort of uh what do you call it I don't know. Like it's it's. I I'm just uh, how do I say this? I'm extremely I don't know leery of the conversation as a whole, right? Because uh, like you said in in Hollywood, right? It, you know, just diversity has become like a buzzword. Like it's like it's I don't know. Like it's cumin or time. Something could add to a movie, right? Um, or or a game. Um, and like that's just that's not really that's not really how it works. Um, these are people. People mean things. People come from cultures. You know, there there's there's history, um, and there are stories there that need to be respected and understood. And like when we talk about this, we have to be careful to be just as thoughtful, right? Like you you've mentioned like I'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong, but like you've said POCs as an abbreviation a, a couple times here, and like I don't know how I feel about that, right? Like because mm-hmm. if it feels like another sort of like uh you know categorization or like another like checkbox right like this is the right thing to talk about so we're going to talk about it right like this is this is the 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 thing that we should be doing as people so let's do it um and like i'm sympathetic to people who want to understand it right um and I'll, i'll like i am now i'll talk to anybody about it but like uh, it's 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 just it's 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 deeply uncomfortable and i think that needs to be acknowledged right it's 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 uh um it's, I mean, there's a difference between talking about a people and talking to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a lot of the former, but not a whole lot of the latter. I think, yeah, well, I, th- I mean, I think that's, that's as good of a place to wrap as any. Um, thank, thanks so much for talking. This has been really great and really enlightening. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem.